0: chapter thirty eight of in new england fields and woods by roland e robinson this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by nemo the ruffed grouse the woods in the older parts of our country possess scarcely a trait of the primeval forest the oldest trees have a comparatively youthful appearance and are pygmies and girth beside the decaying stumps of their giant ancestors they are not so shagged with moss nor so scaled with lichens the forest floor has lost its ancient carpet of ankle-deep moss in the intricate maze of fallen trees in every stage of decay and looks clean-swept and bare the tangle of undergrowth is gone many of the species which composed it having quite disappeared as have many of the animals that flourished in the perennial shade of the old woods if in their season one sees and hears more birds among their lower interlaced branches he is not likely to catch sight or sound of many of the denizens of the old wilderness no startled deer bounds away before him nor bear shuffles awkwardly from his feast of mast at one's approach nor does one's flesh creep at the howl of the gathering wolves, or the panther's scream or the rustle of his stealthy footsteps, but as you saunter on your devious way, you may hear a rustle of quick feet in the dry leaves, and a sharp, insistent cry, a succession of short, high-pitched clocks running into and again out of a querulous all expressing warning as much as alarm your ears guide your eyes to the exact point from which the sounds apparently come but if these are not keen and well trained they fail to detach any animate form from the inanimate dun and grey of dead leaves and underbrush with startling suddenness out of the monotony of lifeless colour in an eddying flurry of dead leaves fanned to erratic flight by his wing-beats the ruffed grouse burst into view in full flight with the first strokes of his thundering pinions and you have a brief vision of untamed nature as it was in the old days on either side of the vanishing brown nebula the ancient mossed and lichen trunks rear themselves again above it their lofty ramage veils the sky beneath it lie the deep noiseless cushion of moss the shrubs and plants that the old wood rangers knew and the moose browsed up and the tangled trunks of fallen trees you almost fancy that you hear the long-ago silenced voices of the woods so vividly does this wild spirit for an instant conjure up a vision of the old wild world whereof he is a survival acquaintance with civilized man has not tamed him but has made him the wilder he deigns to feed upon the apple-tree buds and buckwheat and woodside clover not as a gift but a begrudged compensation for what you have taken from him and gives you therefore not even the thanks of familiarity and notwithstanding his acquaintance with generations of your race he will not suffer you to come so near to him as he would your grandfather. If, when the leaves are falling, you find him in your barnyard, garden, or outhouse, or on the porch, do not think he has any intention of associating with you or your plebeian poultry. You can only wonder where he found refuge from the painted shower when all his world was wooded. If he invites your attendance at his drum solo, it is only to fool you with the sight of an empty stage for you must be as stealthy and keen-eyed as a lynx to see his proud display of distended ruff and wide-spread of barred tail and accelerated beat of wings that mimic thunder or see even the leafy curtain of his stage flutter in the wind of his swift exit how the definite recognition of his motionless form of you, so perfectly are his colours Merged into those of his environment, whether it be in the flush greenness of summer, the painted hues of autumn, or its later faded dun and gray, or in the whiteness of winter, among one or the other, he is but a clot of dead leaves, a knot upon a branch, the gray stump of a sapling protruding from the snow, or, covered deep in the unmarked whiteness, he bursts from it like a mine exploded at your feet leaving you agape till he has vanished from your sight and your ears have caught the last flick of his wings against the dry branches. In May, his mate sits on her nest, indistinguishable among the brown leaves and grey branches about her. Later, when surprised with her brood, how conspicuous she makes herself, fluttering and staggering along the ground, while her callow chicks, old and cunning, so lately their eyes first beheld the world scatter in every direction like a shattered globule of quicksilver and magically disappear where there is no apparent hiding-place did they con the first lesson of safety in the dark chamber of the egg or absorb it with the warmth of the brooding breast that gave them life listen and out of the silence which follows the noisy dispersion of the family the low sibilant voice of the mother calling her children to her or cautioning them to continued hiding perhaps you may see her alertly skulking among the underbrush still uttering that tender persuasive cry so faint that the chirp of a cricket might overbear it scatter her brood when the members are half grown and almost as strong of wing as herself and you presently hear her softly calling them and assuring them of her continued care among many things that mark the changing season is the dispersion of this wild wood family each member is now shifting for itself in matters of seeking food safety pleasure and comfort you will come upon one in the ferny undergrowth of the lowland woods where he is consorting with woodcock Frighten another from his feast on the fence side elderberries, scare one in the thick shadows of the evergreens, another on the sparsely wooded steep of a rocky hillside, and later hear the drumbeat of a young cock that the soft Indian summer has fooled into springtime love making, and each has the alertness that complete self dependence has enforced. Still, you may come upon them gathered in social groups yet each going his own way when flushed upon rare occasions you may surprise a grand convention of all the grouse of the region congregated on the sunny lee of a hillside it is a sight and sound to remember long though for the moment you forget the gun in your hands when by ones twos and dozens the dusky forms burst away upwind downwind a crossed wind, signaling their departure with volleys of intermittent and continuous thunder. Not many times in your life will you see this, yet, if but once, you will be thankful that you have not outlived all the old world's wildness. End of The Roughed Grass